Hello guys, welcome to the another edition of Alpha Life Podcast. Today I am joined by the one and only, the legend of the show, Vishweshwar Srinivasan. Vishweshwar, how are you my man? It's tough to be, uh, it's tough to even take it in being called legend by another legend. Anyway. Hey Vishweshwar, the microphone is not that much audible, so I, I'm, I'm only hearing you very feebly. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure why. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, it's better. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Okay, right. so one second. Just give me one second. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. So there is a little logistic problem, but yeah, we will figure it out hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, I guess you can hear me now better. Yeah, I, I'm able to hear you better, man. Thank you so much. So yeah so today's episode is all going to be a different topic so this is going to be primarily little bit of research version but uh, I just wanted to set the stage of what you can you guys can expect today first of all I wanted to start this episode by congratulating Vishweshwar Srinivasan his paper has been accepted by IEEE the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers that is a big achievement so it's not very easy to have your paper being accepted in IEEE archive so first of all congratulations my man thank you thank you yeah so this is fantastic so first i would like to ask about what is your paper all about so i know a little bit of background but if you can uh, give a small overview about what your paper is about and uh, how much how much effort it took for you to finally get it published so please walk us so my paper is about uh, getting okay so first of all you have to you guys have to get to know about what photoacoustic tomography and photoacoustics is all about so photoacoustics uh, it's basically made of two words uh, photo which is introspective is just light and uh, acoustics which is just uh, sound so the entire process is about generating acoustics with the help of sound uh, with the help of light when you shine light a uh, high frequency high uh, like let's say you have a laser light uh, a pulsating uh, laser light uh, shine on a tissue according to the law of conservation of energy uh, the light energy is absorbed and uh, is reflected back uh, in the form of in some form and in, and if partic- and if very specific li- uh, wavelengths of lights are uh, incident uh, the output is shown in the form of acoustic waves just sound waves so these waves are basically collected later and uh, we form images or we use those Im- those signals to uh, sense uh, sense malalignments or whatever on skin or whatever wherever it is so we have we are pro- this is a technique that I, that that is very new it was uh, barely invented a few years back by one of the really good scientists of the world uh, li hong wang uh, of uh, he he was my professor my advisor's advisor so we are somewhat connected with him and uh, yeah so we are fighting it out uh, on an international basis to bring out the first uh, portable uh, and later wearable photoacoustic device so the advantages of such a device is that you will be able to have cancer scanning possible right at your house 
first of all uh, i really like this thought like uh, you pretty much you whatever you guys are doing right i can't actually hear you hurry like it's very feeble so how about now so is it yeah, it's way better now yeah so thanks for the notification so what i was mm-hmm. trying to say is uh, so whatever you guys did in this arena right so i think it's a uh, a coming together of two different worlds you almost use the emerging wearable technologies and then you built your niche area where you are using photoacoustic to detect uh, the, the i mean uh, the type of uh, skin diseases per se so it's it's pretty good that uh, you brought together these two different spectrums so it's almost like uh, us as an embedded engineers right so we also get to work with a proper embedded device which will be used in a real time basis but also you have a biomedical application which has a very good implications in terms of uh, regulatory compliance in terms of serving a medicinal purpose or a cause per se so this is good so can you talk a little bit about so what exactly are the techniques you used in your photoacoustic system so we get a, a whole deep understanding of what your paper is about sure uh, so to lay more knowledge we used um, multiple stages of uh, innovative maybe it is innovatively used already existing and new devices to put in use in this particular project so first of all we had to bring everything uh, which is of macro scale to micro scale uh, number one we had to make transducers which are of micro scale uh, so we built our own drink transducers uh, which both um, and integrated a light source inside the transducer uh, by making a hole inside of the transducer so we did this using um uh cmuts and pmuts and uh, we also inserted the light inside it in such a way that we received the most amount of signal out of the out of the device and the second yeah please go ahead sir so i was just acknowledging it yeah yeah so after the signal is received uh, uh we collect the signal uh, using an amplifier we use a commercial amplifier chip which is uh, used to give a lot of gain uh, we used up to 69 db of gain because the signal that is received from the transducer is very feeble uh, this tra- this amplified signal is further offset it uh, according to the microcontroller's adc needs uh, after offsetting we further get the signal into the microcontroller uh, mm-hmm. the microcontroller uh, takes the data use uh, and the adc which is analog to digital converter uh, converts the signals from uh, one uh, from physical or uh, from being a physical entity which is voltage to digital entity which is in which, uh, so this microcontroller has a 12 bit mic uh, adc so the signal uh, is converted from physical voltage to uh digital data between 0 and 4095 which is 12 par 2 par 12 mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the converted digital signal is further used to uh do all kind of weird stuff uh weird and interesting stuff which is uh we haven't explored a lot but the first thing that we're going to hope to hit is uh is mm-hmm. uh melanoma which is a skin cancer type and uh, i hope this would work out well understood so that's that's specifically that's a specific type of cancer which you are trying to detect here yeah okay yeah it's a skin cancer basically skin cancer is of many types of which melanoma is the most deadly type so we thought we could uh, start out from it 
understood so that's 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 pretty much uh, what i was trying to uh, get from you so you almost uh, laid out the entire architecture for us like having a transducer and then having an op amp to convert the signals and finally you also mentioned what uh, exact type of skin cancer with your trying to detect this way. so i appreciate you sharing insight so now i wanted to take a different direction here right so so all in all said so you have pretty much uh, did a very good job and getting your paper uh, published in itfe okay so uh, this time what we are going to discuss is like so just like uh, what i told earlier in the starting right so what is actually is there any blueprint for us to follow to get a, to get uh, get our work or get our research published in itfe journal because i know it's a very tricky process it's not like uh, the conferences which we have back in india where there are around hundreds of international conferences who almost claim that they are ITPLE but it's not actually ITPLE right we know that story so basically they will just do a small modification and try to get money from a people and then they they claim that as if they are international journal so this is actually a big scam going back there but uh, nevertheless i wanted to uh, have a discussion and guide it in a way like uh, exactly is there any blueprint for us to follow to and the, and the amount of work which is needed for us to get accepted so can you walk us through the procedure um i am not exactly sure if there is a blueprint mm-hmm. okay so let me rephrase this question in a different way okay so for example uh, in current deep learning context right so generally what happens is the itpli body or any any major governing body uh, who accepts uh, papers like nips or uh, others so w- what they generally ask is they will ask the researchers to submit an abstract of around 300 to 400 words completely explaining what your paper is all about so they will just review the abstract and only when they deemed it as a proper fit they will come back to you and ask you to sort of make a whole paper and then do your scientific literature study and submit it but what happens is right so a lot of researchers they they are not able to convey exactly everything in the in the, in, the, in their abstract so so most probably what happened was this was something which is like a problem which a lot of uh, machine learning engineers like ian goodfellow they are all sharing in their social media so it's hard for you to phrase everything or paraphrase all your work in a single abstract right so if you are doing something innovative you might not be able to convey it to the technical audience so so how was your uh, how was how was the procedure for you uh, to get accepted by it please so how was the conversation all about so did you initially prepare the full draft and submit it or else how the peer review process happened or all the stuff so so that's something uh, which i wanted to know for you uh which is i think uh, we have lost you hello 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 yeah. hello hello yeah so number one uh, i would like to start with saying like i encourage all kinds of hard work so whether you get it into ieee or whether you know you do not get it into ieee but a smaller conference or a journal it's fine uh, you first have to push yourself and that's the first step the second step is you have to see uh, so yeah this is one of the mo- most important steps that i would say uh, if you're a master's student like me or if you are going to do a phd if you're a phd you have to search for the question yourself but if you're a master's student and you're doing a thesis like me uh, you just have to follow what your professor says you don't have to search for the question 
so if uh, so that is one of the most important things if the question is really impressive and if you want to answer it in the right way if you if you think the signif- the problem the problem is significant enough to be tackled and if you really think it will come out be- good in the future uh, for both the citizens and get papers out of it uh, you may you need to make sure that your problem statement is good number 2 uh, i would ask you to uh, first get the knowledge of what to do like let's say i was basically an image processing person but uh, after a while i i figured out that i my interest lays more on that of making devices and uh, you have to figure that out next uh, as in after you figure out the problem you need to make an effort of re- uh, realizing the physical entities of the problem like you have to search for a good microcontroller you have to search for a I mean me being an embedded system person I'm saying a microcontroller but in your case it might differ and uh, after getting the physical entities and requirements satisfied the third thing that you have to do is work towards your goal uh, which is the the most important thing to do and also you should also uh, try to significantly take help of others who have already worked on it there are a lot of forums that have so much of knowledge sharing t- taking place if you are stuck somewhere which happens a lot in this process because you're not doing something uh because you're not doing something that can be replicated easily you're doing something innovatively here so you don't get a, get to share a lot of information that you're going to be doing about but you still need help from people so that's where uh, forums come into f- uh, place uh you can divide your pro- uh, whole whole requirements into various steps in these various steps the small steps can be uh can kind of like solved using the uh, kind of information that's available online so this can be done in various i mean i would i can i don't want to suggest forums but it depends on what you're doing and how you're doing it so that's the next step um and during this process you'll also understand that it's not so simple like each step requires uh, some kind of workarounds and uh, yeah you have to figure that out with the help of the seniors in your lab, either the seniors or your lab or by yourself uh yeah so that that's how i would personally go about this process and if you satisfy everything i just told here and put a lot of efforts which is the most important thing uh i'm pretty sure you'll succeed in a good way I can't hear you. So yeah, so is it audible now? So I think uh, yeah. I was a little bit away from the mic. So mm-hmm. I completely concur to whatever you said right now, Mr. Sir. So you pretty much put the nail in the coffin. So of course you have to solve a very hard problem. So so if there is already a lot of papers on whatever topic it is, so if you are trying to solve the same thing with a light difference, so it won't make that much impact. So take a very good, uh, interesting problem which you like to solve. So that's very important message which you left there. And also you mentioned about don't hesitate to ask for help. So obviously uh, this particular community is really vibrant and they are really well educated and supportive. So I'm I'm pretty much concur to whatever you have said. So so it's all about. laying down the good foundation connecting with the right people and then if you connect the dots then boom so your research work will be in a pretty stable format so right now uh, right we say so, so there are uh, we now we have almost laid down the recipe for uh, what is the motivation and then uh, what's the right path to get started before embarking on this journey right so can you 
personally talk from your experience right what was the most challenging part during this particular transition phase so is there any point where you felt that i'm not able to proceed further so this requires a lot of things which i've never anticipated when i begin with is there anything okay so is there anything which can be highly overlooked when by people lot of people when starting this so and also to put it in a better way uh, was there any particular thing which you thought would be little easy but you realized when you are doing this actually so it's it's not that much it didn't come out that much easily so so this time i wanted to hear from your own personal journey so please tell us your narrative so you put two very good questions together here so the first question is basically how to uh, how do i say this so can you like elaborate your first question basically mm-hmm. so it's almost like i was uh, trying to ask the same question in two different format but it ended up yeah. in a, it ended up in a as a two different questions so what i was trying to say is in your uh, how was your personal journey so when you I started Yeah so how was your personal journey so when you were doing this uh, particular endeavor right so you started with your research you did everything so you you had a clear mission statement you had the right connection so you you started up the work so was there any tipping point where you felt like okay it's very hard to go behind this point so and did you felt that uh, this is the first part of my question and also uh, is there anything of something uh, w- uh, the second part of the question is Uh, are there any words so i would like to first i would like to first uh, answer your first question so you, you uh, the first question is what difficulties i faced in the process of figuring out what i want to do and how i want to uh, if i wanted to do a paper what the difficulties were of doing it right sure so uh, basically so there are two ways to see this so if you figure out what you want to do uh, when in the early days um, these difficulties just become problems these difficulties are just interesting problems to tackle and uh, they would uh vishesh i think uh, we have lost you briefly so i am okay i'm pretty much connected here i'm not sure what's happening but uh, uh, what i try to say was uh, if they are like really difficult problems to tackle but you just want to solve them you can do that uh, but the thing is there are two kinds of people again one they are forcing up down their throat throats and the two other kind of people they are they are the ones who literally want to be be a difference and make a difference in this world so if you are of the first type it is going to take a lot of time and it is just going to it it just won't work because if you're not doing what you want to do and what you like to do it is it, it is the pro- if you look at a problem as a difficulty it will never work but if you look at a difficulty as a problem and uh, and uh, you're searching for an innovative solution to solve which 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 is which is basically which making you as the second kind of person uh, who is actually interested in making a difference in the world uh, i pretty much feel uh, it's just <laughs> uh these problems are basically interests i mean uh, lie on your interests and you will pretty much see them these just wouldn't make uh, let you sleep that's why i would want to put it out as uh, these problems which you are they won't get you sleep they'll just be way working on uh so if you are able to do that these problems won't actually seem to be problems but they would just be interesting uh interesting questions to solve uh yeah and 
coming back to your second question can you ask so, your second question again yeah yeah perfectly uh, perfectly said mate so i i i completely concur again with what you have said so now let me ask the second part of the question which i was trying to convey right so i was actually trying to ask uh, was there any overlooked aspects when you are doing this particular endeavor so let's say okay so i will give you an example here so mm-hmm. there are engineering challenges and there are interpersonal challenges so when you are working as a group collectively so whether this is like uh, you are actually working hand to hand with your professor so he is not your peer so you can't just go and barge into his room and then have a discussion or, or take him to a coffee and talk casually right so there will be a little bit of hierarchy so even though some professors will be little more chiller so i don't think so it will be that easy so doing something with your peers is a whole different ball game so so what i wanted to ask is so are there any overlooked aspects which you face so was the engineering challenges little tricky to solve or else there was a uh, lot of things uh, which was going in personal level or with uh, people's level where you felt there were some some gaps which needs to be filled yeah so this is what you were heading to i'm very sorry i didn't understand it the first time but oh, no. i personally think uh, uh, i was in one of the better places to research my everybody like everybody who used to work with me have been extremely supportive in the entire process of working and uh, whenever i had questions i didn't i mean most of the times uh, in my lab at least i'm the only electrical engineer here doing embedded stuff so i couldn't actually go on to somebody and ask questions to anybody in my lab all, all every single time i had to uh, they had i mean but i would like to uh, say thanks to my lab mates because and my professor because uh, whenever i needed something I, he gave me the entire uh, possibility of buying stuff myself i don't i did not have to wait for his reply i did not have to ask anybody before doing purchases as long as they weren't uh, totally uh, totally idiotic i would call uh, So yeah uh, I did not face much uh, much of any physical or physical distress or mental distress or even like uh, interpersonal distress but the only kind of dist- I would really say like it depends on where you are and who you are uh, if you just have to get used to who who are around you and how to work around them uh, and you really cannot complain because uh, you just cannot expect such uh, such brilliant uh, uh opportunities outside after you graduate after you graduate you you, you most probably will go into the realms of uh, a job and a 9 to 5 job so these i personally think don't give you as much um uh how do you call it? as much freedom and uh, i would personally say like right now i have the most utmost amount of freedom that's even possible to be uh, of it and i would i have literally nothing to talk against it all right all right so that uh, so there are uh, the reason i brought up the uh, the reason i brought up that question was this festival right so there is a i mean you would have known it better so there is almost this belief right so in academia especially with uh, the almost an elite institutions like penn state right so it's almost like when these sort of things happen when you are publishing a paper and when you are working on a big vector right so there is it's only a matter of time before you file for a patent so a lot of i mean uh, it's 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 almost an understatement that academia produces more patent than corporations so that's why 
it's 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 universal. So that's why big companies come and invest in colleges or institutions. So they sort of buy candidates. So they are looking for them to continue their research so that they will push the state of the art. They will, I mean, file for a patent, but ultimately that will go to a big massive corporation. Or even if they have the patent in their name, they can sell it. So. When when we cross that line, right? So definitely there will be a little bit more risk. So if you happen to have a wonderful team around, if they are uh, almost sharing the same, I mean, the same uh, mission or mission statement as you, then I think it will be a more smoother journey. So I've seen a lot of cases, man. So so this is one example where literally uh, few guys they were uh, they, their project was empty charge. So this happened uh, so very recently. So it's in uh, it's it's in a modeling software domain. So basically, they were trying to optimize the manufacturing process. So easily, they were they built a model for a modeler software. So ultimately, they were trying to find a patent for it. The paper was a widely cited paper, but ultimately, uh, <laughs> there was a spread, verbal spread, and then it slowly escalated to something else. So when it when it comes to patented money, things get a little tricky, and who knows what people might face. So. So that's what that's the reason I was trying to ask if there is any other uh, hiccups when you are doing this sort of uh, academia works. So now I wanted to have a word with you. Are there any plans for you to pursue for a patent here? So because I feel like you have almost put down a lot of pieces together. Your work is completely independent. So if your your project or if this particular research paper can be converted to a patentable one, what will be the next subsequent steps? So we are already working on the next few steps uh, to get the entire thing patented, and I am pretty sure I'll be a part of it. Uh, so the next step is to integrate all all the step stages and uh, and uh, make them concise and small, and uh, basically make them portable and wearable. So we are searching for the right kind of instruments that that we can make it put into use and get the right kind of outputs. So I I just hope in the next few year, few days uh, or at least in a year we'll be out with the patent and this can be useful for in uh, this is literally present in all households because uh, the kind of MRI machines that are needed to uh, image uh, right now outside uh, in hospitals are millions and millions of dollars but whereas this can be sold for two thousand to three thousand dollars so I hope this can be realized as a product and we can patent it so that we can sell it out at a marginal uh, or even at zero gain but this will help out the future very very well wow that's fantastic mate so that's how we as an engineer should look forward so this is great stuff sir so i really wish you uh, all the very best so first of all i mean you, you have done us all proud so you you almost uh, made a big dream <laughs> so you realized a very big dream made but i again so this is just the starting pair starting point i really wish that you file for a patent and ensure that this product launches <laughs> by the end of 2020 so hopefully we yeah. can come back and talk about how how the journey went from here on to there so, <laughs> sure 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 so i really appreciate the stuff today mate so it, it's fantastic to catch up with you as always so with that we are coming to the end of this of the alpha live podcast so i'm i'm hari signing off and which way do you have any parting words uh i have no parting words i just don't want to part with anybody and we still <laughs> ring a bell all the time with your hearts ahaha <laughs> <laughs> i'm being very cheesy here but still yeah fine all awesome. the best to your future like see you all the next week 
absolutely win all right guys thank you so much so see you all around peace peace